Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Video Games Daily. I'm Scott Johnson. And if you were wondering what the next free Amazon slash Twitch Prime game is, I have good news for you. If you like, uh, you know, adventure games, then you're going to be pretty happy here. Day of the Tentacle Remastered is free to subscribers right now. That would have helped me a couple of months ago when I bought the game. Anyway, if you're looking for a new game to play, you can get it. It's out there right now on PC. Normally goes for around 15 bucks, so that's what you're saving. It's a puzzle game, sequel to Maniac Mansion, technically. Free is part of Twitch's ongoing campaign where it gives away free PC games. Some of the past freebies have been like Deponia, uh, Titan Souls, Gone Home, Oxen Free, and so on. Anyway, you can get that one right now. Just uh, claim your copy on the Twitch page. You need to be a, uh, a Twitch Prime member, meaning you have an Amazon Prime deal going. You can get it for free. So go get it now. According to EA and Take-Two, two major publishers in the video game business, they say that President Trump's policies are hurting the U.S. game industry. Uh, they're saying America First may not benefit a global industry like that of video games. Uh, during a panel at the 2017 Games for Change Festival yesterday, representatives for Electronic Arts and Take-Two Interactive discussed the Trump administration and its uh, the way it relates to companies' interests, focusing their complaints on three significant issues across domestic and foreign policy, those being immigration, education, and trade. They argue that the White House isn't doing what's best for the U.S. game industry. Uh, basically, it boils down to this. They use a lot of foreign talent. So messing with the H-1B or the H-1B visa program could be a problem. Uh, a lot of skilled programmers, artists, and so on uh, make their way here to the States. Uh that also is true down south in Mexico. There's a lot more development happening there. And in um, Colombia. Colombia is becoming a big place to do this stuff, as is Brazil. Anyway, so that was one thing. Uh, there's other issues. A lot of it had to do with just general posturing toward uh, this particular form of globalization. I mean... I don't know. It's easy to look at like corn or farming or something and go, oh, yeah, we should probably try to, you know, rely less on export or imports from other countries for whatever foodstuffs or something. But maybe it makes more sense to say, yeah, but for video games, which have traditionally been a very global thing, Japan, Europe here, maybe we shouldn't be quite so, so picky. Anyway. Uh, they're worried that, quote, policy is playing catch-up to the technological innovations, and that will put us behind. I don't know. What do you guys think? It's an interesting point.
Blizzard is incubating multiple new IPs. They won't be rushed, they say. Uh, here's a quote from Blizzard. In terms of new IP, our pipeline is in a better position than ever before in our history. That's pretty hardcore. This is your company responsible for such hits as... Uh, excuse me, World of Warcraft, Diablo, Overwatch, Heroes of the Storm, and more... Anyway, they said during an Activision Blizzard's earning uh, Activision Blizzard earning call today, co-founder Mike Morheim started off by saying the bulk of the developers' focus right now is on supporting its existing franchises. But at the same time, he reminded people on the call that the Blizzard co-founder Alan Adham, who has returned to the company as of last year, is heading up their incubation teams, working on brand new projects. In terms of new IP, our pipeline is in a better position than it's ever been before. We're committed to incubating new initiatives. Adding the developers looking at new platforms like mobile. Uh, we now have multiple dedicated incubation teams that are uh, being led by some of our most experienced game designers at Blizzard. And that makes sense. We've, you know, been aware of people like Tom Chilton, Corey Stockton, uh, Brian Holinka, uh, Dustin Browder. A whole bunch of guys moved around the company, put in new positions, running what we think to be new projects. And some of them are thought to be mobile. Uh, a reminder that Blizzard canceled Titan and uh, called that a horrific fail, despite the fact that they turned that into a great success with Overwatch, which sort of came from that. Uh, but anyway, Overwatch, speaking of which, is their first new IP in 17 years and is a huge success, picked up over 30 million players and uh, now has, has a team owned by the New England, new England Patriots owners in its esports league. Point being, any other projects they're working on could be just as cool. PlayStation Plus free games for August are out now on PlayStation 4, PS3, and of course the Vita. It's August 3rd, so that means it's actually been a couple of days. Headlining the selection is the chaotic action action game Just Cause 3. That's a great game. I have it on PC. Runs fine there. Anyway, that's available now for your PlayStation 4. Huge sandbox, array of high-powered weaponry. Very entertaining game. Uh, the fact that you can get it for free is stupid dumb. Just get it. It's great. Uh, 2 is good. So was 1, but 3 is really good. Anyway... Uh, you also get the well-received Assassin's Creed Freedom Cry. That's the spinoff of the Assassin's Creed Black Flag deal. Uh, free-to-play game Dreadnought launches into open beta on PlayStation 4 today as well, so uh, you'll be able to get a free DLC pack for that thing on August 15th. So a few more benefits there. Anyway, the roguelike-slash-platformer Downwell is now free-to-play on both PS4 and Vita. Ooh, I may have to go dust off my Vita. That's a good. That'd be a good mobile game. That needs to be on Switch, too. Anyway, also, uh, PS3 owners can get Snakeball and Super Motherload. Super Motherload also available for free on PS4. PS4 getting a lot of love this month. Anyway, new games next month will be available on the 5th. So you best make sure you buy these, or not buy these, but go get these before they're gone. Uh, it's good stuff. Also, don't forget this, too. Plus, members in the U.S. can also currently rent movies from the PlayStation Store for $0.99 cents each. That includes recent titles like Logan, soon-to-be Power Rangers, Kong, Skull Island, Boss Baby, and Ghost in the Shell. 
See you guys tomorrow. Everybody, welcome back to Video Games Daily. I'm Scott Johnson, and Steam is breaking records. Well, they're breaking their own records anyway. Steam added 27 million new playing users, or paying users, I should say, people buying games, in the last 18 months. It comes out around about 1.5 million people per month log into Steam and spend money. Uh, man, if they didn't already own the gaming space, they certainly do now on PCs. But anyway... Uh, one of Valve's uh, slides at a presentation showed Steam uh, having 33 million daily active players and 67 million monthly active players. By comparison, PlayStation Network had 70 million monthly active users at Sony's latest count. Xbox Live, 53 million monthly users. So right up there with Sony and not all that far. Well, I guess about 20 million higher than than Xbox, but... Anyway, the big number that uh, really blew people away was that 27 million added in that time. That's new paying members that Steam has added since January 2016. That is that is freaking huge. They also mentioned that they hit 14 million concurrent users recently, which is up from a peak of 8.4 million back in 2015. And overall, 125 million, re- million registered users. Now, the only place that's got bigger numbers than that is that Chinese service I forgot the name of. So Steam has to kind of still watch their back. But all in all, pretty good. Well done. Well, this is good news. Middle Earth Shadow of War microtransactions have been confirmed. Did I say good news? I meant bad news. No, that's not that bad of news. Here's what you can buy, though. You guys want to know? Warner Brothers and developer Monolith have revealed what you're going to be paying for if you want to do microtransactions in their upcoming sequel to Shadow of Mordor. In Shadow of War, this is called The Market. That sounds right. You can purchase things like loot chests, war chests, XP boosts, and bundles. Uh, you got to use an internet connection to access the market, which seems like a silly thing for them to tell us, but sure, why? I guess why not? Some people may be confused. Um, they say this, an important aspect of the new Nemesis system now is, uh, sorry, now comes in forging, customizing, and leading your own army of unique orc followers against the Fortress of Mordor. There are different ways of doing this, including dominating orcs by exploring the vast open world, encountering them as part of the orc society, or players can acquire orcs and other items through the market. I don't know how I feel about this. Loot chests are going to be gear, weapons, and armor different rarities, that sort of stuff. It's going to be kind of random. Uh, you might also get XP boosts in those chests. War chests, they give you the orc followers, okay? And again, those are also, you know, they're going to be variable in terms of their their rarity or what what they have to do to improve and that sort of stuff. But you get those in the war chest. The XP boosts are consumables that help you level up telling in faster. That's your character. And then, of course, bundles are combinations of loot chests, war chests, boosts, and all that stuff to give you a bigger value. Uh... I mean, look, microtransaction stores in a AAA game is nothing new. It's not that surprising. A lot of people do it. But I don't know if this is one I wanted to. Ooh, I'm a little torn on this one. I mean, you can grind it all, so I guess that's okay. But pay to win, right? Pay to win. Anyway, after a short delay, the game is launching uh, October 10th. PS4, Xbox One, and PC. And, uh... 
get ready because you got money and they want it. Player Unknown's Battlegrounds crossed 500,000 concurrent players. Jeez. I played a bunch of solo uh, this weekend, by the way. That was fun. Anyway, near second most all time on uh, on Steam. Anyway, it's going to pass up CSGO for peak concurrent users. That's the current uh, leading champion. It looks like CSGO's num- uh, days are numbered in terms of it holding that record. Anyway... Still hasn't hit that ceiling. Really, really high number, you guys. That's a lot of people playing one game at one time. Concurrent online playing right then players. That's just nuts. And remember, this was a game people had to pay for. Now, CSGO was also a game you have to pay for, but it's significantly cheaper. So I think uh, even if all that game ever sold was twenty or 500,000 copies at $29 a pop, I think they, that was a big success. But they've sold way more than that. Um. Anyway... PUBG momentarily had the second highest number of concurrent users behind Dota 2. Uh, over the past few years, it has been very unusual to see CSGO at any ranking below number 2. And Dota's, Dota 2's place at the top is seemingly seemingly invulnerable. However, CSGO creeping up its rear end, if you know what I'm saying. PUBG has sold around $6.2 million, dollars, sorry, million copies since it entered early access in March. Currently scheduled for an official launch sometime Early next year, they delayed it. It was supposed to be October, but it's not now. But anyway, still in early access. They just need to get me jumping out of windows soon. If they don't do that soon, I'm, I'm out. Now, well, I have a little si- uh, sad news to share with you. Dishonored and Silent Hill composer passed away at 60. Daniel Litched. Died after a battle with sarc- uh, sarcoma. You may have known his work from Dishonored, Dishonored 2, Silent Hill Book of Memories, Silent Hill Downpour. Uh, died in Topanga Canyon, California from sarcoma just weeks after it was discovered. Uh, that thing, that, that moves fast if you're not, uh, if you don't catch it early. Anyways, probably best known for the music he composed for Showtime's Dexter. So that'll give you some context. The music he uh, composed for that show used non-traditional instruments such as knives and human bones to fit the theme of the show, which is pretty cool, along with the chamber orchestra. Uh, Dexter star Michael C. Hall said, I am so saddened to learn of Dan's passing. Uh, His music quite literally set the tone for Dexter. I am fortunate to have known Dan, and his talent was matchless. Uh, He also did the music for horror movies such as Hellraiser Bloodline, the Stephen King movie Thinner, and some of the Amityville horror games. Uh, he's survived by his wife, Hillary, and son Kane, son Kane or Cayenne, I think, K-I-A-N, it's a cool name, and his mother, Eve, brothers, Alan, Ed, sister, Deborah, and nine nieces and nephews. Anyway, sad news, and, um, you know, the game world is not immune to this sort of stuff. Somebody passes, it affects all of us. Anyway, we wish his uh, family and his friends all the best during what must be a difficult time. And some of those games I mentioned you should check out. They're still good. We'll see you guys tomorrow for more Video Games Daily. We'll see you then.
guys. I'm coming in here to Video Games Daily today and starting things off here with uh, Scott Johnson. That's me with something a little bit different. Uh, holy crap, I went down a deep rabbit hole yesterday. You're you're all familiar with uh, Path, of, Path of Exile, right? It's a, it's a kind of Diablo-like game, free-to-play. I uh, got a nice little uh, pay system where it's all just cosmetics and stuff. Uh, pretty pretty deep, pretty hardcore, kind of Diablo 2-esque take on the action RPG genre thing. Anyway, available on Steam and wherever your PCs get their games. I also think Xbox has a version. Anyway, uh, here's the, 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 the crazy uh, thing that happened. I've played that on and off here and there. Never really got anybody higher than 20. Just never really completely or totally scratched an itch. Uh, part of it was like lack of polish and some of the menus and I didn't really like how the map system worked and there were other issues but what the freaking crap dude they put out this brand new patch called uh oh shoot I had it right here it's called uh, uh something of the monkey king nope that's not it uh leader of the pack nope uh Guantanamo nope hold on here it is found it it is called The Fall of Oriath, or, or Orioth. I don't know how you say it. And uh, with that came a whole bunch of uh, sort of uh, improvements to quality of life stuff, like the map system's completely reworked and totally rad now, and uh, a whole bunch of other things. I played that thing for like six and a half hours straight, went to bed at like four in the morning. What is up with that? I don't do that anymore. But for whatever reason, Path of Exile put me there. So I guess I'm here to say... If you haven't seen it lately, mayhaps you want to crack that open and see what's up in Path of Exile, The Fall of Oriath. It's still free, and as is this new content, and I'm suddenly all in. So come be an all in with me. Overwatch Summer Games are here, and here is what you get. They did this last year, coinciding with the Olympic stuff. This year, they're just doing it as a straight-up summer event. The Overwatch Summer Games 2017 includes a ton of new skins and other things to customize your dudes and your ladies. Uh, The cosmetics will be the highlight of the event, as they often are with these things. you got new skins for Sombra, Widowmaker, Reaper, and Junkrat, among others. Uh, it's a little less Olympic-centric than in years past. Soldier 76 gets one that's basically Dad 76. Uh, he's a he's, he's all dadded out. He's got a, like a tool belt and a, a barbecue apron and a cheesy shirt and some cargo shorts, socks with sandals, a spatula hanging off the edge. He's got all full dad mode here, which is pretty great. Uh, that'll match well with that dad dance emote if you can if you've got that as well. Uh, some other stuff. Yeah, you got. Uh, let's see. Oh, his uh, his rifle is now not an assault rifle. It's called a salt rifle. Get it? Because salt, like you know, cooking steaks, whatever. Uh, <laughs> there's a really really cool McCree skin where he's wearing this like sun hat and a towel and some shorts and just looking great. Junkrat's new skin is pretty great too. Uh, nice and sexy, I guess, with uh, with the Widowmaker. Anyway, legendary skins are gonna cost you 3k. Epic skins 750, and rare tier skins 225. Common tier 75, and uh, these will be obviously opening up in special boxes just for you. Lucio Ball is back, so if you were not sick of that, well, get ready to be sick of it because there's Lucio Ball. 
with a few changes. You can no longer boop other players. You can only boop the ball. Uh, and otherwise, it's basically, you know, same deal as before. At any rate, there you go. Your summer games are on. Dive in. Three, two, dismissed. Final Fantasy. You know, if there's one thing that world never had and needed, it was a fighting game. <coughs> Can't breathe. Final Fantasy fighting games closed beta date leaked and a new character announced. Is it Jet? Is that how you say his name? J-E-C-H-T? Anyway, that guy has joined the roster. Last month, Square Enix announced it would be holding a closed beta for its upcoming Final Fantasy fighting game. Destidia Final Fantasy NT. That's a terrible name. Um, anyway, today the publisher announced more details regarding the online test, including when it might begin. From August 25th until September 3rd, players will be able to try out the Arcade Fighter early. Registration is currently going on, so you guys want to get in there, you can. Uh, you got to sign up for a chance to participate. And you have until uh, August 20th to do that, so get in there. Not everyone who registers gets chosen, I might add. This does not guarantee you a spot. Uh, North and Latin American players can sign up on the beta Right now, as well as other PAL regions. Why do they still say PAL regions? Are there still PAL areas in this world? People using the PAL format for TV? It's really weird. Anyway, uh, it's the third installment of the spinoff series, which I don't remember at all. It began back on the PSP in 2009. The game features a roster of heroes and villains taken from throughout the Final Fantasy series, 30-year history, including Cloud, Lightning, Kefka, and many others. And this guy they added today, this uh, Blitzball legend, Jekt, or Jet. I don't play Final Fantasy, okay? I'm not here to pretend otherwise. I don't really play it, so I don't know these people. What kind of name is J-E-C-H-T? That's a terrible name. <laughs> anyway, it's coming out exclusively for the PlayStation 4 in early 2018, and it is a console port of the Japanese arcade game that was released in 2015. <laughs> See, I didn't know that existed either. Anyway, if you want over 20 playable characters, uh, those included being very iconic Final Fantasy people, boy, have I got good news for you. You guys want to hear something weird? I'm not kidding either. Destiny 2 is officially licensed scented candles and ice cube trays. It's not a joke, dude. Destiny 2, candles that are scented, and ice cube trays. This is official licensed video game merchandise, which is not a new phenomenon. We've been doing this stuff since, oh, I don't know. Uh, how long have we been doing this? What was the first video game-related licensed swag? I can't think of when that was. Anyway, Numskull is a company. Numskull Designs. Uh, they're, they're, they're the ones doing this. And, uh, there are Destiny 2 themed candles on the way. Okay? Simply light and scented candles that correspond to the planet you're exploring to add a further dimension of your gaming experience. The goal is you gotta, like, have it next to you and, like, burn it so you smell it while you're fighting on it. That's pretty weird, dude. I got some other stuff coming. Some onesies, magnets, mugs, snapbacks, and yes, as I said before, ice trays. 
You'll be able to buy promotional Rockstar Energy drinks and Pop-Tarts that come with in-game items as well. Uh, the game uh, launches on September 6th for PS4, Xbox One, and PC on October 24th. PC version is getting a beta test later in August, by the way, to remind you that's still happening. Uh, it's going to be nuts, but anyway, uh, yeah, if you thought that they needed to have more weird product tie-ins, I got what you need. Welcome to Video Games Daily. I'm Scott Johnson, and we got stuff to talk about. You know those Borderlands people who haven't been doing Borderlands games for a while? It's been a while. Do you miss it? I do. I like a good Borderlands game, game, but the uh, developer has revealed a brand new shooter that they're working on. Uh, They've mixed shooters and RPGs before, so now they're going to try to blend shooters and card games. Hmm... Gearbox, best known as the developer of the Borderlands series, quietly revealing its uh, next project. It's called Project 1v1, first-person shooter, but it offers a twist. It's a competitive first-person shooter that combines the action of fast-paced 1v1 first-person combat with the metagame strategy of a collectible card game. Kind of Hearthstone-y. That's really all we know. They haven't said much else. Uh, There's an email that got sent out to a bunch of fans and to websites... And uh, there's no more info than that, really. Uh, but despite those general lack of details, it's pretty interesting. They say that the game's coming out very soon. A short, closed technical test is scheduled for this summer, which is, honestly, we're almost done with the summer, so maybe y'all out of hurry. Anyway, it says this will include a limited number of players, and it means uh, they mean to test the online infrastructure and learn what players like you think about the game in order to inform and influence future development. Unquote. So, no idea what this is. Am I going to shoot and then play a card and then shoot some more? Am I going to play a hand before I go shooting? I have no idea how this is going to work, but color me interested. Final Fantasy fourteen has sold 10 million copies. Well, I shouldn't say that. It's crossed 10 million players. This MMO just keeps on growing. Final Fantasy XIV has to be, probably, if we're counting, one of the biggest comeback stories in video games. Its initial release was very poorly received by fans and critics and reviewers. However, in 2013, Square Enix launched Final Fantasy XIV A Realm Reborn. This was a complete overhaul of the game. It garnered a much more favorable reception. As it turns out, I guess that worked out for him. Final Fantasy XIV just crossed 10 million total players. That game brings them near the top of the list for MMOs in terms of total players, although it's important to note that uh, that number doesn't necessarily mean subscribers. So players can try the game for free for a limited time. There's like a trial. um, And the 10 million number probably includes those players. So it's not quite the same as, you know, Blizzard coming out and saying, we've got 5 million concurrent subscribers or whatever. So it's not quite that. But uh, anyway, also as a comparison, if War- if Warcraft counted the numbers the way they're counting them, uh, they have 5 million subscribers, but they have an absurd over 100 million people who have either created accounts or played World of Warcraft. So if we're going to count those numbers, that's probably fair to say that. But anyway, uh 
the latest expansion for this game, Stormblood, launched in June. I guess that did really well. Got an 8 out of 10 from GameSpot and a few other uh, sites also rated, rated it really well. Uh, yeah, I guess that's a game to play. I haven't tried it. Never did. Maybe should. Don't know. Talk me into it. All right, so you want the SNES Classic Edition, and you want to know how to pre-order it, and maybe you were one of the ones that got hosed by that Walmart pre-order that turned out to get canceled deal. Well, here's the latest on what you can do to get Nintendo's weird micro console. All right, so Nintendo revealed that the uh, pre-orders will arrive, or pre-orders will arrive in the U.S. by the end of August, meaning the, where you can do it is then. And here are the places you're going to get them. Amazon, Best Buy, Target. This is all talked about on their Facebook page. So that's as good as you're going to get. Um, in the UK, you it looks like you missed uh, your first chance, but the in- online Nintendo store has SNES uh, classics available right now. Uh, this probably isn't helping you. But uh, yeah, if you want this $80 console with 21 games, including the never-released Star Fox 2 in its complete form. Which probably means that game's kind of bad, by the way. I'm just going to put myself out on a limb and say that a game you completely finished and didn't ship is probably bad. That's why you did it. I don't want to, you know, ruin anyone's night, but that's my thinking there. At any rate, uh, there is a huge page up on the U.S. uh, Amazon store for the SNES Classic, as does Best Buy, but you're not going to actually be able to pre-order until those dates. So... Look forward to that. Get your hands on one and then get an extra and send it to me and I'll pay you because I'm too lazy to try to snipe it. A very big No Man's Sky update launches this week on PC and PS4. It comes out for free. And they say they got patch notes they're going to share soon. But um, this is, you know, uh, the tail end of a very weird time for No Man's Sky. People are still kind of mad at that game. But uh, the big next next update's coming. There was kind of a weird ARG campaign for it. Uh, They announced 1.3 will be out this week. Atlas Rises, it's called. It will be free on, uh, like I said, PlayStation 4 and the PC. And... uh, the update focuses on improving the central story while it adds a few uh, fast travel features by way of portals. Uh, this is what they say, Sean Murray, founder of the company, said in a quote, It's been an exciting, intense, and emotional year for us here at Hello Games. Well, I imagine it has. Not always in a good way. Uh, we have been quiet, but we have been listening in, uh, intently. We've spent the year working hard on free updates for this game our team cares so much about. Uh, looks like we'll have patch notes out maybe as soon as tomorrow. Or whatever day it launches, we'll get it. Uh, At any rate, it's important to us uh, that we do what we say we are going to do. But since launch, we've had, uh, we've had, sorry, we have sometimes focused too much on that. We want to reach out and celebrate the devoted community that means so much to us. So there's that. Uh, No Man's Sky first update, the foundation update, added base building and frigates and all that stuff. I played with that. That was definitely an improvement. I'm guessing this will also be an improvement. Will it save the game from... It being one of the most weird, perhaps embarrassing launches of all time. Maybe not, but I'm willing to give it another spin. Are you? 
So Valve teased something weird. Everyone talks about how Valve's not making video games anymore. Turns out maybe they are, but it may not be what you want. It's not a new Portal game. It's not Left 4 Dead 3. It's not a Half-Life 3 for that matter. It's none of the things we probably want, but you know, it might be cool. Valve is teasing a new Dota card game called Artifact. When I first heard this, I thought it was like a physical game, like a tabletop card game, but it's not. They announced it today. It's a uh, game based on the hugely popular MOBA of the same name, Dota. Dota 2, rather. Uh, a teaser trailer was released and uh, doesn't really show much. But it does confirm that the digital card game will launch sometime in 2018. Nobody knows what it's about. Uh, precious few details. Uh, but it looks like maybe it's a game to go up against the likes of Hearthstone, Gwent, The Elder Scrolls Legends, Fable Fortune, and so on. Uh, the rumors are that there's there's laning involved. That make that would make sense, I guess. But with cards, yeah. I mean, who am I kidding here? This is their CG. This is their CCG. This is their Hearthstone competitor. And if anyone has a chance to to compete uh, with a name like Dota, it's you know Valve. So probably makes a lot of sense. Anyway, will you play it? I will probably check it out. I already don't like Dota though, so I don't know if I'm that interested. Hearthstone kind of already giving me what I want. And to be honest, Elder Scrolls Legends is pretty damn good. And I'm sort of into that right now. Uh, weirdly. Maybe more than Hearthstone. <gasps> Say it isn't so, Scott. Say it isn't so. Welcome back to Video Games Daily. I'm Scott Johnson and Overwatch Deathmatch. That's been a thing people have been begging for for a while. Not just in some weird arcade mode or, you know, seasonal mode or whatever. But Deathmatch modes are finally coming. coming, And for some, they're already playable. That's pretty awesome. Anyway, uh, people want, uh, you know, a free-for-all team Deathmatch deal. And a map to maybe have it be focused on. Well, these modes work exactly how you expect. Players attempt to kill as many enemies as possible, and each kill counts as a point. First player in free-for-all to get 20 kills, uh, or the first side of the team, deathmatch to get 30 kills, wins the match. Pretty standard stuff. You've played shooters before, you know what this is about. But alongside these modes, Blizzard is also releasing a new map that is built for deathmatch. It is called Chateau Gilliard. Sounds French, but probably got some Widowmaker business going on. Uh, there is a uh, developer video going on right now that you can see some of this stuff in action. And uh, anyway, they also have some variants of existing maps to better support Deathmatch games. So those maps will also be included, but they'll be tweaked to be better for Deathmatch stuff. For example, Numbani, Bani, Bani, Numbani is no good for Deathmatch unless you kind of squish it together and make a smaller map. Anyway, they're rolling this out on the public test realm on PC, so you can already try it out in its testing stage, although Blizzard hasn't given a specific date. For when everybody will be able to access the thing. New Overwatch features traditionally go live on the public. And then a couple weeks later, they leave PTR uh, and head to you. I said that wrong. They start on the PTR, <clears throat> then they go public. That's what I meant to say. In other words, uh, get excited. I think that's a really cool addition to the game. Something that has long been needed. And also, you can play the Summer Games event right now. Get some of those skins. I got a Lucio skin yesterday. And somebody else. I forgot who. Not the ones I wanted, though. I want the Soldier 76 Dad one, and I want that McCree one pretty bad. But I'm going to have to wait. Anyway, get your deathmatch on. 
Got a big change coming to Xbox One users. Their achievements are receiving a, what they were calling a fundamental change, says Microsoft. A new system in the works that will complement game scores, they say. So game score and achievements have been around for a while and pioneered really by the Xbox brand. Now where everybody's got some version of achievements, but you know, really kind of got started there. Uh, the problem is if you, the, the gamer score thing only really works if you're really going for it. Like you want to play every possible game there ever is. And in some ways you could see that as an insidious way to get people to pay for games they would never otherwise play. And uh, if you are a, I don't know, a more casual player or don't necessarily want to play every game ever, uh, they feel like maybe that's, I don't know, maybe you should be getting some love. Microsoft teased that a significant change is on the way. That it will better showcase gamers' accomplishments depending on the kind of gamer you are. Speaking at Windows Central, Xbox Corporate Vice President Mike Yabara revealed that Microsoft is working on, quote, something that fundamentally changes its approach to achievements. We are working towards a bigger, more meaningful change about somebody's gaming accomplishments in history as a gamer on Xbox. We can do a lot more to reflect and let people know, or sorry, show their gaming history and their status. Whether it's somebody who only plays multiplayer in Halo 5 at a professional level, maybe they only have 200 or 2,000 gamer score, but want to celebrate that. We want to celebrate that person. Boy, if I could read, that'd be great. So in other words, depending on the kind of gamer you are, you may get some more notoriety just given the fact that you do a really rad thing in a certain corner of the game space, but not necessarily play every game ever, which is right now the way you're rewarded if you have a high game score. Gamer score, I should say. Anyway, that's coming. We don't know when, uh, but soon. And uh, that's exciting, I think. It's a good thing for players. Time to change it up. Titanfall real-time strategy game that's been worked on for a while and talked about a little bit is now out. Uh, prepare for Titanfall. It's actually called Titanfall Assault. Competitive real-time strategy game for mobile. So put it on your tablet or your phone. Got announced a couple of uh, months ago. It's all available now. It's out there. Respawn and developer Particle, uh, Particle City have released the game on Android and iOS devices. The game uh, replaces the fast-paced first-person shooter combat of the mainline series with top-down RTS mechanics. But it still has some of the elements of Titanfall that you'd expect. You still have Titans to call down, pilots to control, uh, you burn cards that give you boosts. Boy, everyone's putting cards in everything now, have you noticed? This is the new thing. Cards, cards, cards. Some other parts of the games you might recognize if you're a Titanfall fan will include a modification to the handpoint mode, or sorry, hardpoint mode where the first player to reach 100 points by holding hard points or to destroy the other player's uh, base wins. So they've translated that pretty pretty well. In addition, like the main series, the map will feature different ways to interact with the environment. There will be zip lines for pilots and destructible areas that open up new paths for you and your Titans. Get it right now on the Google Play Store or the Apple App Store. It is available now, and I am very curious what people think. I like Friday the 13th as much as the next guy, but one of the things I don't like about it is how I could kill my teammates or they could kill me. An upcoming patch will kill this feature because of rampant abuse. That's right. Friday the 13th will no longer let you kill your teammates. I think this is a good thing. 
team killing has always been a problem. I mean, as long as I've played video games, that's really never worked out great. So probably the right thing to do. Anyway, they announced the decision on a post on Reddit. Quote, the biggest thing we've heard from our community and from, uh, sorry, with the game are issues pertaining to rampant team killing. And that has unfortunately been abused by players on all platforms, consoles and PC. While the mechanics intent is designed to promote life or death experiences into each and every game you play, the reality is turned more into a battle royale scenario to a point our team feels a change needs to be made. So, in this next patch, the games will no longer have uh, counselor team killing through weapons against other counselor players. This has nothing to do with whoever's playing Jason or the, you know, the bad guy. But uh, y'all can't kill each other anymore. Most games have like a mode where it's like, Team kills allowed or not. It's like uh, MMOs with PvP servers and non-PvP servers. I don't know why they couldn't just do that, maybe. Maybe they will down the road. But as it stands right now, the griefing and trolling going on, I guess, is out of hand. I believe this is the right move. I still want to get that game, but I'm waiting for them to iron out these issues. (laughs) 